Hi friends, welcome to Life in Higher Ed. I am Herminio Perez. And I'm Denise Nelson-Nash. Life in Higher Ed is not just a podcast, it's a community of learners and change makers. Our goal is to be of service and to inspire and support you in your journey. So, welcome to Life in Higher Ed. Hello friends, and welcome to today's episode on leadership and mentorship. We are excited to welcome Aristide Collins to talk about the responsibility of leaders to mentor others. Denise? Oh, El Arminio, I am doubly excited because this is my good friend, Aristide. And Aristide is a highly respected leader and manager who has many titles. Okay, so I mean, we a lot of us have multiple titles, but listen to this. He is vice president, He is chief of staff to the president and secretary of the university at George Washington University. So he has a diverse portfolio of responsibilities and experiences, which includes strategic planning, executive search and transition, government and community relations, crisis communication strategy, and executive leadership development. And so here's a little secret for all of our listeners Aristide has mentored me. So he is like the perfect guest to have to talk about mentoring and leadership because I didn't accept my current role until I consulted with Aristide. So please join us in welcoming Aristide. Wow, you make me sound so important. (laughs) (laughs) You are. (laughs) So Aristide, let's start with you telling us a bit about yourself and why you chose this topic of leadership and mentorship. Well, good morning, everyone, and I'm glad to be here. I'm excited about it. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I grew up in California, uh, went to Cal State schools. Uh, my profession is a uh, development officer by training, um, and this is my 30th year uh, in higher education administration. And I benefited greatly from mentorship. Um, my first job really came from the relationship of a mentor who I speak with at least once a month and have been speaking to him for the last 30 some odd years. Spoke to him last week, as a matter of fact. So, you know, to me, mentorship is foundational. It's something that we all should hopefully seek. And I think it would really make all of us better, stronger uh, professionals and leaders. Like you said, everybody should seek for a mentor, right? Now, let me ask you to make sure that we all think in the same What does leadership and mentorship mean to you? Well, I think you can't be a leader without offering mentorship. I think it's foundational to everything that we do. Um, We didn't get in our positions without someone looking out for us, supporting us, giving us advice and counsel. And I think a lot of us didn't call it mentorship, but really that's what it is. So for me, it's just the opportunity to help, support, and nurture people who aspire to leadership. Great. Well, well said, as always, Aristide. So we know like so many of us are reluctant sometimes to seek help or to admit that we need someone to help guide us. So thinking about mentorship and and the mentee relationship, what are the benefits and key characteristics of mentorship for developing leaders? Well, I think if you look at it from the leadership side, Um, It helps you create a new generation of leaders. You know, we're not going to be in these positions for the rest of our lives. And I think we have to start thinking about succession planning. We have to think about giving back. 
We have to look at how do we grow and develop organizations to achieve their full potential. So mentorship is a part of of that. Um, And once you start mentoring people, it also gives a great benefit to the organization, right? Because you get more investment um, and better understanding of the leadership mission, its vision, its objectives. And so it really can serve for an organizational perspective as a great benefit. Now for the mentee, it gives them a lot. It gives them access to information. It gives them someone to talk about and to help them understand and navigate organizations and questions, problems, challenges, opportunities. So it really works, I think, as a continuum. And it's very helpful to both. So if a mentor-mentee relationship is not beneficial to both parties, then you've got to examine that and see how you might tweak that a little bit. But I will say, and I think you may ask me this later, so I'll say it again, being a mentor is not all about the mentor. It is about helping the mentee achieve their objectives, their goals, what they want to uh, do as they grow and develop into an organization or into other fields. So we have to think about that as well. And, you know, I restate, um, and I'm sorry, Denise, uh, I really like what you said, because Denise and I, we had um, a conversation recently yeah. about succession plans and how important it is to be a mentor, a mentor that is giving to the mentee and thinking that is developing that individual. Because sometimes, you know, it can get a little bit egocentric, you know, I want to develop them to stay here, but not necessarily can happen like that. You know, I think that is to give out, help that individual to grow, and then for that individual to continue expanding, right, and learning from that. And then my question to you is, what strategies can be used to ensure mentors and mentee to have a positive and productive relationship. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for your your comments about uh, succession planning. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that because it it is about growing leaders. It is not automatically about growing people to stay in that particular organization. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that. Um, You know, I think one of the strategies that's key is, and I referred to it earlier, is asking the potential mentee what their goals and aspirations are. That's important because if you don't know where they want to go, it's people say sometimes you begin with the end in mind, right? So if you don't know where the where the mentee wants to go, then it's hard to support them and, to, and create opportunities for them to grow and flourish. The most important key to all of this is active listening and observation by the mentor. Paying attention, again, listening, talking to the, to the mentee, and it's a, it's a constant check-in. Mentorship is not something that you just say, I'm going to be your mentor, and then you go on and life goes on, and then when the mentee has a question, they call you. It's really about creating an active partnership, and really mentoring is a partnership between the mentee and the, and the mentor. Um, you know, when you think about it, there's going to be some overlap with what the aspirations are of the organization, the university, uh, the, the business. But the most important part is you can't make assumptions. You have to understand uh, what that mentee's looking for. And sometimes you have to understand the, um, the organization to the point where you can only mentor so far. And that person has to go somewhere else to grow and develop. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to have people who have mentored me to think in that way, which has allowed me to grow my profession 
and my career beyond just one institution. Yeah. So Aracy, I really appreciate what you're what you're talking about in terms of partnership and really understanding what the the mentee wants and where the mentee wants to go. But sometimes the mentee may not know. And so how do you draw that out in terms of helping the mentee to understand what their current strengths are, um, where they might be able to aspire to? Because sometimes we don't have, we only see so much. We only know so much. And so part of a mentor's role is also for them to see the possibilities. So tell us a little bit about how you have drawn that out or, or helped a mentee to recognize that. Well, I'll start first about the experience I mentioned about a mentor of mine, who early, an early mentor of mine. And I was at a turning point. I was graduating from, from college and really didn't quite know what I wanted to do. And this mentor, Barry Munitz, who I talk about quite often, um, was chancellor of the Cal State University System. And he said, well, Aristide, what are you thinking about doing? And I thought I'd be a school teacher. And for me, you know, my career aspiration when I was in, in uh, high school and in college was to be a school teacher and then hopefully be an associate superintendent of curriculum and instruction. And why did I want that specific role was because I knew that that role had a broad based impact on the students because it worked on the, the curriculum, the, the teaching plans, all of the things that happened in the classroom. And to me, that was my ultimate career uh, aspiration. And Dr. Muniz started talking to me and, and listening to me and sharing ideas. And he said, well, what about going into institutional advancement work? He didn't discount the fact that I wanted to be a teacher, but he said, look, you know, if you go into institutional advancement work, you can provide support to the classroom and in a college environment. You can help people get scholarship resources. You can help raise money for program development. And he took my excitement and enthusiasm and opened up another door for me and opened up an avenue. I could have simply gone into teaching and thought about that as I move forward. But moving into higher education and doing this role allowed me to support all of the things that I ever wanted to do, which was exciting. So I go back to the point of it's about having conversations with the mentee. And when you talk to the mentee, it's active listening, right? It's not listening so you can make a point. It's listening to see what are they feeling? What are they What are they thinking about? What are their fears, right? So you can talk about their aspirations. What are their fears? You're thinking about what have they seen? You know, what environments have they been in and how have they grown in those environments? So as you do all of that, then that to me is how you put together really the thought process for um, mentoring. So mentoring is not sort of a half-hearted opportunity. Mentorship is being active and engaged and paying attention and listening and really in some ways guiding, but you don't want to guide people too far to what you think they should do, but it's helping them see other opportunities. And you do that by paying attention to what they're telling you. That's amazing. And, and you know, listening to you so far, this is what I hear about uh, this episode. I hear active listening. I hear empowering partnership, impact, succession. And this is really a key to be a good mentor. Then how about how as a mentor can address diversity, equity, and inclusion in higher education in the leadership development? 
Well, first of all, I would say since this is a podcast, people can't see me, but I will say that uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a part of my life every day. Um, I live that life. I've had some access because of that, and I've had some obstacles because of that. So first of all, to me, it's foundational to everything that we do, period. Um, You know, I think when you're a mentor, you really find opportunities to allow your mentee to get greater exposure within an organization. That's number one, because many of us sit around leadership tables and there are not a lot of people who either look like us or who represent people we know and we live with and in our environment. Right. So you want to take that opportunity. And I call that sort of active mentorship, active placement in things. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've had over the years many opportunities to sort of be the youngest person in the room, to sort of be in, a, in, in conversations and in environments where people wouldn't expect me to be. Because someone who mentored me said, Aristide, come in, come to this meeting, come to this conversation. Um, I had a mentor who was my college president and undergraduate. Uh, Her name was Norma Reese. And everybody sort of laughed because she would take me to meetings and I would drive her sometimes to meetings and all that. But every meeting I went, I went to with her, I went in that room. So she would say, Aristide's my, my student assistant. He's with me. So here I am. And I would have a seat. I would listen to what was going on. She would, on our way back or at lunch, she would sort of talk to me about the concepts I heard, the understanding of, and help me understand what those conversations conversations meant. But she knew that as a young African-American male, there were rooms that I was not naturally going to be in. And she brought me into those rooms. And from learning that at a young age, That's what I think about mentorship is making sure your mentee is in the right place at the right time, realizing that these old sort of adages, right, um, you know, that sometimes people don't apply for jobs. They say, hey, I've got this great person, you know, like Denise, you know, I've got this great person who I know um, and I want to recommend that person to you. Right. That's part of the conversation. Um, So you have to do those things. You have to be intentional about it. You have to be thoughtful about it, and you have to make sure that the people around you within the organization realize that, you know, you're sponsoring that person. That person's with you, and that person needs to be afforded the access, the opportunity, the uh, the ability to listen, to be a part of those discussions. And so you have to be purposeful, I guess, is the short answer to that to that question. And I thank you, Aristide, 10 years later that I've been in my role for thinking about me when that opportunity came up. Now, Aristide, you said something that, huh? Am I that old? You said 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. It was 10 (laughs) years ago, Aristide. This is 2023 now. So... But you know, Denise, before you continue, I'm sorry, before you continue, really important. He says it. He said intentionality and the other things to be a sponsor. And I, I, I think that is something we have to take out of this conversation is that for people that look like you and like me, it is important to extend the hand and to be that mentor and to be intentional and to be that individual that is going to a sponsor and is going to mentor and is going to provide that kind of wisdom and, and with and whatever it is that you have for the other person to succeed. Now, now, may I add something? Because I, I, I because as we're talking about this, I want to make sure we don't leave something out. 
that as that mentor, as that sponsor, you also have to prepare them to be in the room, right? You can't just say, come along with me and sit here and listen, right? You've got to be able to be in an environment where you tell them, this is what happens in these meetings. These are how the people act in these meetings. This is what the expectation of the outcomes are for this meeting. You have to prepare them, right? Because it's not, it's, some people can say, well, I mentored you because I got you in the room. But if I don't know what's happening in that room and know what to expect by being in that room, right. mm-hmm. then I haven't done anything for you. I just put you in a place. And that's not helpful. And that's, you don't learn from that. Sometimes you can, you can uh, really set someone back by without the, the appropriate and adequate preparation to be in those spaces, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Aristide, you're like one step ahead of me again, because I was going to ask you about what are some of the common challenges and mistakes that occur in mentoring? And that's one of them is preparing is or not preparing someone for to be in that space and that accountability. What are some other tips that you have of ways in which mentorship can can be fully beneficial and the mentee can be prepared for if we're talking about succession planning now? about really looking to get that person prepared for that next step. Wow. And it's hard to be ahead of you, Denise. And so you, you <laughs> ask me these questions. I have to think about them, right? And you can't leave mm-hmm. <laughs> dead air when you're doing a podcast. So I'm like, okay, trying right. to make sure I fill that space right. with the appropriate mm-hmm. answer. Um, I would say something that people probably don't think about is mentorship is really helping mentees work through shades of gray, work through ambiguity, Right. So you help them by explaining what's going on. And like I said earlier, but also it's the follow up to that. So I'm still sort of spinning off the last question, but tying it into this one. So what did you see? What did you experience? What did you hear? What did you notice? What was not in that room? You know, whether it was a particular concept, was it a particular thought pattern. You know, sometimes leaders get into this group think, right? So you're asking a lot of the questions of the men, the mentee so that they can understand and be a part of that. So again, it's, it's working that through. Um, you know, I would say that, you know, the most, one of the most significant parts of mentorship is increasing the contacts that the mentee has within that organization and outside of the organization. And I think about something that uh, Molly Broad, who uh, was the uh, former president of the American Council on Education, told me when she was working in the Cal State system many years ago, she said, Aristide, never turn down an assignment. Right. And I would say, well, what do you mean? And she said, whether it's an opportunity to serve as a, an interim acting, whether it is picking up an additional project that someone's asking you to do, but that is about developing yourself as an, as a complete professional. And I think that's an important part of, as people are thinking about tips to move forward, right? You know, so many times that Mm -hmm. we get caught into things about it's salary and title and that, you know, there are generations of people who think, you know, if I don't progress every six months with a different title, or I don't progress every year with a specific title and a, and a raise, then I'm not successful. Right. And my mentor hasn't done me, has, hasn't done right by me. Right? right. But part of what Molly was saying was, is portfolio projects, completion, successful completion of initiatives, 
that's what opens the door for you to get that title and that money and that promotion. Yeah. Right. So it's part of that kind of aspect of a mentor mentee relationship, I think, is is very important. And that's something that I work through when I talk with people. And then I say, finally, um, I call this and this is not quite the right word, but I call it self-promotion. And let me explain what that means. I'm not talking about being in front of leadership saying, look at me, look at me over here. I can do this or I can do that. What I call self-promotion is looking at opportunities at in other organizations, other institutions, and progressing based on your own sort of career map. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not waiting for that organization to recognize what you've done and promote you or change your title or give you a different experience. It's looking at what you've done, that portfolio and those uh, assignments you've been responsible for and looking outside the organization sometimes and seeing, hey, you know what? I'm an assistant director of X. And you know what? That directorship sounds a lot like the projects I've been working on for these past period of time. I'm going to apply for that. And as a mentor, my responsibility is to help them prepare for that opportunity. So sometimes the mentorship is internal to organizations. Sometimes it's external. But once you take on a mentorship assignment, and my mind is for life, it's not situational. Sometimes it can be, but it's not situational. It's not opportunistic, but it's really a commitment you make to someone to help them as they grow through and move through the career ladder. So those are kind of tips, I would say, both on the mentor side and the mentee side. So hopefully, Denise, that was helpful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Aristide, you've got me for life. So don't, don't try and run anywhere because I know where to find you. <laughs> uh, yes, just you before do. I mean, before Emilio asked this question, you said three things that I just want to emphasize for our listeners. That one is finding a way to say yes. I tell this to my mentees now is like always look for the way you can say yes to something. If someone yeah. asks you if you're interested in something or wants you to take on something, find a way to, to say yes to it because it's building your portfolio. The second thing that you said that's so important is the network building your yeah. network. Arminio yeah. and I did an episode on We All Need Friends. And that All Need Friends was all about building your network because you just never know where your path is going to take you and who might be there on one side or the other of a path and who you might be able to help along the way. And then um, the third part is debriefing. Always having an opportunity to like After something has occurred, whether you've been in a meeting, whether you've had a presentation, whether you've had a conversation, is to have some time to reflect on that and debrief with someone, and especially your mentor. Because there may be things that your mentor captured that you may have missed or something you just want to talk through. So I just really wanted to emphasize those three points. You sound me. You make me sound much better than what I've been saying. So maybe I need to. <laughs> you need to edit this out and put your uh, put your comments. No, no, no. You mind. mentored me well, Aristide. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is an amazing conversation, and I really enjoy it. Every time that we have a guest, I learn so much, and. This is one of the mission of this podcast to transmit to the audience this information and wisdom from our guest. And this is an amazing conversation, as I said, and I hate to wrap it up. But there is one last question that I, I always like to ask, and I always like to tap into the humanistic aspect of our guest. And I want to ask you, Aristide, after all these years in your role, Doing this work, what keeps you going? 
Well, I think for me, as a, as a person who is an introvert, which Denise will argue about that with me, but it's the opportunity to learn, to grow. I'm, I'm constantly learning. I've been learning for 30 years plus, right, in, in the field of higher education administration. So I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly meeting new people. I'm constantly having an opportunity to mentor and support others, whether it's friends, new friends, you know, people who are in the environment. Um, I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to coach people because I think coaching and mentorship can be the same thing. And sometimes it's not. Right. And so you think about that. So I've had an opportunity to coach and work with people who are in the organization that are higher levels than I am. I've been able to do it across across peers. I've been able to do it with leaders outside of my organization. So for me, I'm constantly growing and developing as a professional. So it's exciting to me. It's something I enjoy. Uh, I get enthusiastic about the work that we do because I also feel like I'm making a difference. And that, when you put it all together, that's really all you really want. You want to be happy. You want to find an opportunity that makes you feel good about what you do every day. And you want to smile and spend as much time with friends as you can and, you know, I think this is part of the reason why I'm here spending this Sunday morning with uh, two friends. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that, Aristide. Oh, the time just goes by so fast. Well, we have a closing tradition, <laughs> Aristide, and that okay. is that we leave our listeners with the words of a thought leader. And I chose today's thought leader, and that is Janet Fan. Janet is founder and executive director of Thriving Elements, a nonprofit dedicated to creating access and opportunity for underserved, underrepresented girls with long-term one-on-one mentorship in STEM. And she's also an advocate for mentorship, bridging the gender disparity in the STEM fields. And she is senior technical product product manager for uh, Amazon's Project Kuiper. And so this is what she said that really resonated with me. The role of mentorship is multifaceted. Many people look at mentors as someone to give career advice, and they are certainly that. But what I found growing up as the daughter of Vietnamese refugees was that mentors often saw something in me and opened brand new pathways, ones that I had not thought to go down and pursue. So a great mentor for folks with lower social capital can completely change their lives. Mentors are also there to give others a seat at the table to which they might not otherwise have access. You need to be able to stand on your own two feet, but it's extremely helpful to have an advocate on your way in. And that's what a mentor can provide. I have had mentors advocate for me as I went after new positions where I wanted to make an impact. They helped me gain visibility with hiring managers and create roles that didn't exist that optimize the use of my skills. And I think this quote really wraps up everything that you've shared with us, Aristide, this morning. So thank you so much. Wow, that's an amazing quote. I wish I had read that before I did the podcast. But no, this has been an amazing opportunity. You know, Denise, you and I have been long, long time friends, and I'm just glad to uh just be a small part of what you guys are doing. So I hope I did well enough to get invited back. 
Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And and thank you, Denise, for that quote. It was amazing. It reminds me what it's all about in this conversation, as I mentioned before, you know, that active listening, that partnership, that empowering, that intentionality, self-promotion, that's a new, another, another words that we were using here. Then I am really thankful for having you here with us this morning, Aristide. And, um, and Denise and I, we really enjoyed this conversation, Denise. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, Aristide, my thanks for you joining and sharing your experiences and thoughts on leadership and mentorship with us. And um, before we go, we want to invite our friends to join us next time when we welcome another guest from the world of higher ed. Until then, thank you for joining us today for this episode of Life in Higher Ed. Thank you, Aristide. Thank you very much. I enjoyed being with both of you. See you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.